Hello and welcome to Stories Told by Friends. When we had the boom in the late 60s, uh, my dad bought a farm. And the farm became a place where my brothers and I grew up, with every animal known to mankind. Today we will hear a story told by my friend Gaylene, who calls me her buttonhole relative, a phrase you need to say carefully, and one you can feel free to look up if you'd like. Gaylene is dedicating the story to her grandson and his rocking horse, Blue. Here's the story. Hey, Gaylene. How are you? I'm groovy. <laughs> How are good. you? <laughs> really good. So it is a beautiful morning. I've never recorded one of these in the morning. So I think maybe a little bit of gravel in my voice, but uh, you're, you're bright and chipper in the morning. Yeah, I get up between 4.30 and 5, <laughs> have my swim, and uh, do more things than most people do the whole day. Yeah. Anyway, it's great to see you, and, uh, and I really appreciate you coming over to tell a story, and I'm excited. But uh, before we get into the story, is there something you would like to say to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Gaylene, and I am a teacher. But first and foremost, I'm a mother, a daughter, a friend, and sister to my chosen friends. Lovely. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm wondering if, you know, you rehearsed the story or if it's just going to come out. Like, I haven't, I haven't heard it. I'm excited to, to uh, hear it. But I'm, I'm, I'm always curious, like, do you, do you rehearse? Did you think about it? Or is it going to be off the top of your head? Or what, what, what should we expect today? Well, I told a colleague that I was doing this and she goes, oh my goodness, I love it. You tell stories all the time to your students. And so I had to think about it. So then last week, I decided to try a story out that I don't know if I've told it. I think I have, but I'm not sure. So I've only told it once and that was to my class of 10-year-olds. Awesome. Well, good. Yeah. So it uh, may be a little more uh, uh, general audience or PG than some of the other ones I've had, but uh, <laughs> it'll be fun to hear. And like Pete said, there's some stories that are for just certain times and certain places, and those aren't for the airwaves. <laughs> but <laughs> this one, I think, is okay. And so uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you now. So I'm here listening, but not interrupting. And you're on. You can tell your story uh, right now. I've been blessed to have been born into an amazing, amazing family. Um, I'm, I think, the youngest granddaughter on my mother's side. And she's the youngest daughter of seven. I'm the youngest grandchild on my father's side. There was um, five children in his family. He was the baby of the family. My grandfather was born in 1883. And uh, he was born in Dunoon, Scotland. He was in his 80s when I was born. And to him, my dad was wee Geordie. So big families. Wow. And my mother and father lived in towns 20 minutes apart. And our grandparents were best of friends. So 
when a youngest son marries a youngest daughter of two very um, well-known families in southeastern Saskatchewan, it's a little bit like fireworks. And when you have a father who was kind of a wild boy who played in a brass band, played the drums and the saxophone, left home at 16. And then you have a mother who was a goody two-shoes and marries that bad boy. It's quite fun. And they left the farm and came to Saskatoon. And then, lo and behold, my mom and dad have three children, two boys and a girl. My mom's dad and her family weren't always so sure of my dad because he was a little bit wild compared to his his brothers, my uncles. And my grandfather was always kind of hard on my dad. And I think my dad never thought that whatever he did was good enough. So one day my dad had built a new house brand new house. He was so proud of it. My grandma and grandpa came and my grandpa goes, how much did this house cost? And my dad said, blah, 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 which it was dirt cheap in those days. And my grandpa said, do you know how much land you could buy for the price that you paid for this lot and building? Well, I think my dad was deflated So when we had the boom in the late 60s, uh, my dad bought a farm. And it was by the Dundurn military camp. And the farm became a place where my brothers and I grew up with every animal known to mankind. So I have to tell you that My brothers are cowboys. My dad, the first thing he did was go back to my mom's hometown and buy a dozen Shetland ponies. Do you know what Shetland ponies are? I've uh, I've got a vague understanding, but well, these Shetland ponies were um, ponies that were sort of on the carnival circuit around my mom and dad's (laughs) hometown that go around in circles, and. So my dad just went out to his friend and his name was Rube, I think. This is my story, so I can make it up. And he just picked a dozen Shetlands, different colors, different markings, everything. And I'd have to ask my brothers, but the only three names that I can remember are Marigold, Jewel, and Misty. I know there was you know, nine others, but I can't for the life of me remember them. And you have to remember my two older brothers are five and seven years older than me. So I think I was four or five when we got this farm. Well, my brothers were in cowboy heaven and I was like along for the ride. And my dad being old school said, okay, here's the horses, ride them. And I'm like, well, how how do you ride them? And he said, because I was a tall girl, he goes, you wrap those long legs around their belly and you hang on to the mane. Well, that's great 
for a 10-year-old and 12-year-old boy, but for a five-year-old girl, that's pretty daunting. So that's what we did. We hopped on them and I wrapped my legs around their belly and held on to their manes and so did my brothers. And my dad said, now you, you break all those horses. And I'm like, break them? I don't even know how to ride. And uh, so the, the next thing you know, my brothers are having a heyday. Then my dad gives us halters. Well, that makes it a lot easier to catch the horses because up to that point, you had your little pail of oats or carrots or whatever, and you shook it and said, and they would come, right? So then the halters come. But did dad give us bridles? No, we had twine and we had to make (laughs) our bridles. And my brothers loved it. I wasn't so whatever. Then we graduated and he bought us bits and reins. Well, we thought we died and gone to heaven. And when I would go, it was called down home. Don't ask me why my parents' place was called down home and the lakes were called up north. But down home, everybody rode. And they all had saddles. So me being the youngest, I said to my dad, well, how come don't we have saddles? Every All my cousins have saddles. He goes, when you prove yourself, you can have a saddle. I never got a saddle my whole life. My brothers did. They, they progressed to my dad's standards. I did not. Anyhow, so you have to realize that we went from Shetland ponies then to quarter horses. And my brothers got into... Gymkhana events, pole racing and barrel racing and all those things. And we would still go out to the farm. But what do big brothers do to little sisters that they kind of don't want to be around? So my dad would be there. My mom would get a little bit of a break on a Saturday. We'd go out to the farm and we'd get the horses all set And my two older cowboy brothers would be done way before me and they would take off. And then my dad would grumpily and not very patiently help me. And he just expected you to do things without complaining, without crying, anything. So My brothers would take off and ride the hills and then I would get on and I would try my best to find them. Well, they didn't want to be found and they knew every nook and cranny in our farm. And many times I would fall off because I'd get scared or whatever. And this one time I did fall off and I brought my horse back to the corral and My dad is nowhere in sight. My brothers are nowhere in sight. And then the ram sees me. And the ram starts charging me because we had sheep, we had goats, we had pigs, we had everything. And the ram starts charging me. It was a good thing that I was a fast little sprinter So 
probably not the right thing to do, but I hightailed and ran as fast as I could, hopped the fence up and then walked the fence till I got to the outhouse and sat on the outhouse and had a good cry. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I stood on the outhouse, no signs of my two older brothers. I looked to the the north, the east, the south, the west. Do you think there was any signs of my father? No. He was out probably visiting some of the farmers around the area. I swear I was on that outhouse for over an hour, maybe two. My girls would say that's an exaggeration, Mom, but that's what it felt like. Finally, my dad came back. And he sees me crying at the outhouse with the ram sort of around the outhouse waiting for me. And he's like, what in the Sam hell are you doing up on the outhouse? And I said, well, I fell off the horse and then the ram chased me. And then I had nowhere to go. So I went up on the outhouse. Well, then... My dad started to laugh and laugh and laugh. And the more he laughed, the more the tears streamed down my face. And then you would think a father would put his arm around his daughter and say, it's okay. You know, you'll do better tomorrow. It was, you get on that goddamn horse and wrap your legs around it and hang on to the mane. So my moral of the story is adversities, you face head on and you always get back up on the horse. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And that's it. Say two. Wow. Like, and and so eventually did you, did you master the the craft of, uh, of riding and and dealing with animals or was it always a, was it always a struggle? Um, As long as I had a, I only had one girl cousin, Stephanie. She was the most patient, kind teacher. And then she told me when I grew up, it wasn't horses that I was scared of. She said it was the bulls. And it was always the bulls that you had to go through and pass (laughs) to get to the horses. And um, also... I didn't get the point when I had the littler horses that horses swell their bellies when you put saddles on. And that's why you give them a swat on their behind because then they let out their air and then you can tighten the saddle. Well, many a time when we were riding in the hills in southeastern Saskatchewan, I was doing trick riding and they only saw a little head bobbing through the wheat fields and the canola and everything. And then my cousin took pity on me and she had a beautiful horse. And I think it was called Sundance. And we we rode double. And then we loved it. And this time of the year reminds me of that because we would go down there and all the snow would be melting and the streams and we would ride for hours because my cousin's farms were all connected and you could ride by horseback to every cousin. 
And so uh, my brothers and I were in horse heaven, but I just didn't like going past the bulls or the rams. (laughs) But I do have something to show you. That is understandable, I think. I did ride sheep. (laughs) And there's the the beautiful... uh... I don't have a picture of the ram, but that's our farm. And those are the sheep. Photo evidence of you riding a sheep and of uh, a beautiful wooded land like uh, oh yeah and rolling hills and boy that's lovely well and i can show you in here my brothers they are true cowboys and still are to this day they uh, breed and raise and train racehorses yeah yeah you know it, it really is amazing how close we are you know even in 2021 <laughs> to some really kind of Wild West kind of backgrounds. Well, thanks so much for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, and I had no idea about this background. I had no idea that, that you rode or had uh, farm experience. And uh, and I'm with you because uh, just a little aside, the uh, connection I'm making is my dad had a turkey farm. And oh. I remember going and having to walk through the turkeys and being scared crapless because they were so nasty oh yeah but, but that's turkeys going oh, by bulls and rams oh man i would have just stayed in the vehicle and then i'll show you my dad was key and i have the newspaper article of bringing some yak bulls over to canada and they were on our farm because my dad wanted to breed them to our cattle but that's another story for another day <laughs> I'm looking forward to a whole series of agricultural stories with Gaylene. Who would have known? Okay. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Buttonhole. I wake up in the morning. The sun was shining down on you. A big tip of the Stetson to Gaylene for this great greenhorn story. She also requested the music you are hearing in the background. It's by Anderson Burko, featuring Saskatoon legend and maverick, Daryl Burko. I knew at that moment that all my dreams were coming true. I also wanted to thank listener Mitch Dahl for his email, in which he says, I've listened to your three initial episodes. Great work and great stories. So good to hear Pete Chief share his family's journey, as well as historical events. And what an epic journey shared by Mike. I wonder where that old truck is now, the stories it could tell. I truly love hearing people's stories, inspiring, educational, funny, etc., from all walks of life. It is always a privilege to have that opportunity. A wise person once said, everyone you meet knows something you don't. We can all learn from one another from sharing stories. Thanks for that, and it's great to get responses. So. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter or by email at storiestoldbyfriends at gmail.com or by phone at 306-665-3101. Yes, we have an answering machine. All the best. See you soon. <laughs>